We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Okay, on April 22nd at 9.43 p.m., Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted, Phoenix has fired coach Igor Kokoshkov. League sources tell ESPN. Jesus Christ. My name is Mike Vigil. Welcome to the Timeline of Phoenix Suns podcast. I'm here with Sam Cooper. Sam, how are you doing? Not thrilled to be doing this. We already recorded an episode today. It's 1.20 a.m. in New York, and this is some straight-up bullshit that we're about to talk about, but, you know, we got to analyze it, so let's fucking go. And joining us on a really late notice is Streaker, the streaky shooter himself from Twitter. Streaker, how are you doing? Also not well, man. I was going to go to sleep early tonight. I was going to just, I was hoping the Jazz would lose so I could tweet some more slander about Donald Mitchell and then go to bed. But the fucking Suns, <laughs> as they always do, had to ruin my night. Yeah, it's funny. Sam and I were recording a mailbag episode. We were answering questions from Reddit. And one of the questions we got was... Uh, what kind of changes do you expect in this offseason and included a coaching change? And I just, I literally dismissed it. I said, I just, I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we're going to bring Igor Kokoshkov back. I don't see any potential for a new coaching change. And then, of course, this comes relatively out of nowhere. Now, I'm not going to say that Igor Kokoshkov was an excellent coach and did a really excellent job this year, but I, I also don't think that he did a fireable a job so far this year streaker what do you think yeah this is a stupid move this is this is an indefensible move i they fucking went into the season with a rookie center three other rotation rookies 
and no point guard. What the hell was he supposed to do with this team? They showed growth. Some of the players showed growth over the course of the season. You you, you saw some of the things you wanted to see. How the fuck are you going to fire him now? It, it's just why would anyone? Yeah, why would anyone come to Phoenix when shit like this happened when it's a revolving door? Well, so here's the only important thing to talk about. I think is that Woj is reporting that the Suns are trying to get Monty Williams to Phoenix. He's already had an interview with L.A. Uh, apparently, and is going to have a second interview with them. And the two connections that we know about are this. Jeff Bauer uh, was the Hornets GM back in the late 2000s. Literally one of his last moves as the Hornets GM before he was canned, uh, or before I think it might have been that he stepped down, was appointing Monty Williams as their head coach. That was in 2010, and Williams was their head coach for about four or five seasons. The other connection is that Monty Williams was an assistant coach in Portland in 2007-2008 when uh, James Jones was playing there. So, look, I'm fucking pissed about it. Igor did not deserve to be fired. It's an indefensible move. Uh, but at the end of the day, this is a business where it's all about who you know. And Igor was not James Jones's hire. I was literally just saying that on the mailbag episode that we were recording. It wasn't his hire. Up until this point, we didn't know how he felt about him. And now we know that they would prefer to bring in one of their guys that they're more comfortable with. Whether or not Monty Williams is a better basketball mind than Igor Kokoshkov is kind of irrelevant to the situation. It's just clear that this front office just wants to bring in their inner circle to do their bidding. Yeah, exactly. Streaker, what do you think about Monty Williams? I think I think he's fine. I think he's a well-respected coach. I think especially he's a player's coach. Players love him. He seems to be a really great guy. I've read a lot about him. Um and one thing I do know for sure is that he, players players love that guy. So from that perspective, I think that's it's fair to target him. But it's the the order of operations here is so fucked. Like, this, this is a coach. This is a one a coach who became a head coach for the first time this year. You hired him less like a year ago, and and you're letting him go now just so you can try and go after another coach that is definitely being uh, interviewed by other teams, and you, you have a pretty decent chance of not even being able to hire him like this just makes this this is how a terrible yeah. business is run and that's that's just what we've seen for like the last decade i yeah so monty williams is a good coach i think that what he worked for greg popovich he was the head coach of the new orleans team a team that struggled a little bit when when anthony davis was young but uh, in his last season he he won 45 games a winning record with that team he went through a lot after that um you know his his wife died in a tragic car crash. Um, that's a big story, and he took some time off away from the NBA. Uh, he also was an assistant coach with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, he's also been with this Philadelphia coaching staff uh, for the last two seasons, including this season. And now, of course, he's up for a head coaching job. Likely would have been a head coach if his wife hadn't tragically passed away immediately after that Oklahoma City. Um, job and i think he would be an excellent coach but exactly what you said streaker this is the wrong order of operations and to me if you don't know for sure if you don't have a hundred percent certainty that monty williams is coming to phoenix this is an absolutely insane thing to do uh for for a, a couple of reasons but this is also the team that accidentally traded for marshall brooks when they were trying to get <laughs> dylan brooks <laughs> this isn't exactly a team that completely understands the, the the order of operations the proper way to do things in the nba now you could say oh well maybe jeff bauer is the guy that does understand that and that's the only way to hold on to a little bit of hope here 
Jeff Bauer does have a working relationship with Monty Williams. It's possible that he could bring Monty Williams in and, and immediately bring him into the culture. But Sam, you also had that point about him not being a James Jones guy. So this, I think there's a couple things that we need to find out from this. One, whose decision was it? Because if it was Robert Sarver's decision once again, then we know that he could have just woken up this morning and decided to fire Igor Kokoshkov the way he did with Ryan McDonough. Uh, at two, if it was James Jones's decision, then that actually kind of makes sense. Okay, that that makes sense. Hire your guy. You're in charge now, and, and go ahead and go. Uh, and if it was Jeff Bauer's decision, that's a problem because we were told that Jeff Bauer is under James Jones, and you know he was hired by Robert Sarver, so it's also possible Jeff Bauer has a direct line to Robert Sarver, and he can make decisions sort of underhandedly uh, with James Jones. And I am I know this is insane to, to put this kind of uh, drama around this team, but is it, <laughs> you know, really, is it that insane to assume that things are already this dysfunctional, uh, that, that, that this coach could get fired this early? This will be five coaches since Devin Booker was drafted. That's completely insane. So I, I don't know how insane it is to, to believe that this kind of thing would happen this quickly. I'm not really sure what else to say about this. It's how did you feel about Igor Kokoshkov in general, Sam? I, I didn't love Igor Kokoshkov, but I thought it was a, a better motion offense uh, than we had seen in the past. Increased the amount of assists, increased the ball movement. The most important thing we saw development out of almost everyone on this team. Josh Jackson might have been a disappointment this season, but we saw month-to-month development out of DeAndre Ayton. We saw month-to-month development out of Mikhail Bridges. Month-to-month development out of Devin Booker. And so as Streaker just said, you know, at the beginning of the episode, like you just can't expect much out of a team that was starting three or four rookies for a lot of the season. Uh, Never had Kelly Oubre, TJ Warren really healthy for too much of the season. Uh, You know, didn't get a competent point guard until unless you count Tyler Johnson for about 15 games till about two thirds of the way through the season. I don't know. I mean, I I wasn't in love with Igor, but I just hope he gets another opportunity. He has to get another opportunity somewhere soon. Right. Because he's a well-respected coach. I don't I don't even know who has, else has a vacancy right now. We haven't had time to research this, but you know, he's a well-respected coach, works for many, many teams, has a championship ring with Detroit, obviously good working relationship with Quinn Snyder from his years with uh, Utah. I just have to assume that a less dysfunctional organization is going to give him a second look because uh, the Suns really did him dirty tonight. Streaker, would you have fired Igor Kokoshkov, or how did you feel about him? Just in general, outside of all the other drama surrounding this weird decision, how did you feel? No, about I him? definitely wouldn't have. I, I think he, yeah, I mean, 19 wins isn't great, but he, the, the team was flawed, and you saw growth over the course of the season, as Sam was saying, and as, and as I said earlier, and I think he showed enough to, to warrant continuity, and that's the biggest thing. I think there's been no continuity over Booker's career. In, in four years and you're once again starting over. And I think he didn't, there was nothing obviously bad about him. Like uh, where you had to, where you'd lose faith in him after hiring him less than a year ago. It just doesn't make sense. And I think any competent franchise would have valued continuity for their young guys uh, over, over whatever they're doing now. And I think, I, yeah, I mean, Igor had flaws, especially with his rotation and things like that. But he was his first; he was in his first year as well, uh, and he he. I think he was a smart basketball mind, and as Sam was saying, I think some team will uh, take will and should take a chance on him being a head coach. I don't think it'll happen immediately. I think he's going to go back to being an assistant probably for another year or two, 
because I just think it's hard to go from being a first-time head coach on a 19-win team and having the sun stench on you to going get to getting another chance immediately. But I think he'll be back. Yeah, what I wonder is what would make this job appealing now. Now, of <laughs> course, there's the there's the immediate Zion band-aid that can cover over all of Robert Sarver's mistakes at this point, but if the NBA were to ever rig a draft, I mean, the only way they would rig it is to make sure that Zion doesn't come to an organization that's this dysfunctional at this point. Uh, that would actually make kind of sense as far as protecting one of the biggest assets that's ever come into the league. Um, but, like... If this is a job that is appealing to anyone, then you can look at potentially what is here and what could be something that's appealing to a coach. Of course, you have Devin Booker, who is a lead guard who can lead a team offensively. You have DeAndre in a number one pick, a great center, a potential piece. And then what? You have Mikhail Bridges. You have Kelly Oubre, I guess, potentially. And then you look at the amount of turnover with coaches. That's not a great look. Um, the only thing that could potentially save the Suns in this situation is James Jones, who's a first-time general manager who was in the NBA three years ago. <laughs> and a lot of what he, his success was in the NBA was following around the second greatest player of all time. Uh, so it's an interesting situation. Now, a couple things. Now, if we look at this from a different perspective here, Monty Williams is the right type of guy mm. to establish the right type of culture for an organization. Let's say you're fully pressing the reset button and trying to wipe away everything that Ryan McDonough did to this team uh, previously, and you're trying to reset the culture for this team. Uh, step one, potentially hiring Jeff Bauer. Step two, potentially moving James Jones into that leadership position that he's in right now. And then step three could potentially be uh, getting Monty Williams into this organization. Now, part of the problem that we haven't talked about, Monty Williams is about to interview his second interview for the Lakers, that job for the Lakers. So this is part of the problem here. You're trying to jump in and pull him away from a team uh, like the Lakers. Now, I do have a question for both of you, uh, which is interesting. Now, I know the Lakers have LeBron James. I know. But do you think, just personnel-wise, do you think the Lakers' job is 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 infinitely better than the suns do you think it's close do you think that the suns are better in any way or or what do you think about uh, just a coach without the organization now the lakers are a mess of course as well we saw magic johnson quit publicly without telling his boss but like which job do you think is more appealing sam what do you think is that a question <laughs> well it kind of is at this point it kind of is the La i would if i had the option i'm taking the lakers job 10 times out of 10 it's sad and to it's say. The, it's just the instability, right? It's just it's the, the instability. instability. I mean, you could argue for the whole culture reset idea, but I just don't see how we can value that more than needing stability. And we still haven't talked about Devin Booker. Here's the thing. Devin Booker maybe never gave a public comment on Igor Kokoshkov. We don't really truly know how he and the rest of the Valley Boys felt about him, but uh, I'm just curious to see what Devin Booker is thinking about this. Because as you said, five coaches in five years, you do not want to make the wrong move to... Uh, piss him off at this point and, and get him out of town with a single tweet the one thing yeah the one thing i will say from that perspective is that i i did get a sense throughout the season that igor wasn't maybe necessarily a player's coach that someone like monty williams would be and i think a lot of it igor is a tech tactician and he's he's a he, you know he's 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 a, he's a smart coach he's an intelligent coach but he did he never seemed to quite have the grasp of the, of, of, the, of the players, at least from a chemistry standpoint and 
and you know that's yeah. been a, that was been a complaint about him for and I think some of it was overblown but so I think I wouldn't be surprised all all that is to say I wouldn't be surprised if you know Booker wasn't necessarily a fan and other players on the team wasn't, weren't necessarily fans but that being said this is a young ass team that hasn't that hasn't won over 25 games in in Booker's entire career and there's only so much stock you should put into that side of things as a, as a franchise who's been around for longer. Yeah, interestingly, when you were describing Igor Kokoshkov and his uh, difficult difficulty to um, relate to the players, it it sure sounded a lot like the Ryan McDonough version of a coach. <laughs> you know, this was actually Ryan McDonough's one of his biggest flaws. He was an incredibly smart guy who really understood basketball at a level that you wanted GM to understand basketball at. But his difficulty throughout his career here in Phoenix was relating with the players and being on the same page as his star players. Um, you know, he had problems with Isaiah Thomas. He had problems with Goran Dragic. He had problems it's, with Eric Bledsoe. It's not, publicly. but it's not the same thing. Like, let's, I mean, I it's understand not. the general comparison, but but let's not say that Igor Kokoshkov ever made any mistakes even close to what Ryan McDonough had several seasons to do uh, in terms of, you know, hurting player chemistry. Kokoshkov didn't do anything. You know, you could argue maybe he wasn't <laughs> yeah. best friends with the players, and maybe that's because he wasn't a former player himself. And and I agree with you guys. I mean, I got that notion, too, that maybe he wasn't best friends with them. But I, I still think there was a general level of respect. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I don't think we ever had any, you know, with Ryan McDonough, we had players publicly uh, <laughs> talking about him. Uh, interestingly, by the way, uh, Earl Watson weighed in. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, he just said what? Yeah, <laughs> he just said what uh, with a question mark and an exclamation point. Um, Earl Watson has been on a little bit of a, a, a son's bashing tour over the last year or so, which is sort of understandable. Add him to the list. Um, so have we. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I find it funny, and Streaker, I bet you get this more than uh, Samurai, but I find it funny when someone tries to insult the Suns to a Suns fan, and it just bounces completely off of us. Like, it, it's just that nobody is more down on the Suns than a Suns fan at this point, and it's difficult to, to really picture anything, but... Yeah. You know... It's really hard to understand what you know what we are what we're looking at moving forward because what happens to me this is the biggest problem. What happens if Monty Williams just takes the Lakers job at this point? Where where do the Suns go next? Is it Dave Yeager? What what other coaches are even available? Is it possible that we just go back to Kevin McHale and hire Kevin Jesus. McHale as a coach? Would that surprise either one of you at this point? I mean, do you have any ideas for coaches either one of you? I think Franchises like the Suns that aren't lucrative spots, especially for a revolving position like the head coach. I think it's like the renowned assistants who are waiting for their first chance. I don't know, maybe someone like Igor Kokoshkov. And I think that's (laughs) those are the guys that are basically are your are your best options at this point, given where you are as a franchise. And unless you give them more time than a year. There's, there's just no point in continuing this. Like, so, so I think I do think, given that they hired Jeff Bauer, who's like, he, he hasn't had a wild range of success as as a as an NBA GM, but he has had experience on his resume as an NBA GM. They hired him. They're apparently going after Monty Williams, who uh, is similar resume wise. I wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me um, if they just pick if Monty Williams take the Lakers job, they find someone similar that has some experience. That has coached in the that ticks off a couple boxes, you know. Has coached in the NBA at, at the head coach level for three plus years. Yes, 
had uh, over 0. 0.350 win percentage. Like, I honestly <laughs> think that is what, what, what it's going to come down to. And that there's your uh, group of candidates right there. Mikhail being one of them. Jaeger would be a good idea to speak for myself. I, I mean, like a better idea than Igor. No, as as good as you can get for a contingency plan, I guess. But I think judging from the fact that Bauer and Jones have this common ground of both of them have a personal relationship with Monty Williams. That's something that we know so far. I would say, I mean, I couldn't give you a list right now, but just go through these two guys' careers, find any potential coaching candidates that, you know, they've served under at some point, uh, regardless of what franchise that's with. And I guess that's your list. It doesn't necessarily matter who the best coaches are. It just matters who knows this new front office. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's just the way it is. I think here's a couple of thoughts that I have, and I'll, I'll see what you guys think about this. Monty Williams, for all his flaws, you know, not not entirely the best record when you just look at his total overall coaching record. Like I said, he struggled early in his years. These are young players that he was coaching, similar to Igor Kokoshkov, like we talked about. Uh, but he is a highly desired coach. It's someone that has interviewed for some head coaching jobs in the past and seemed to have turned them down, you know, under the under the assumption by me that he was trying to stay as an assistant coach for a while until he felt more comfortable being in the limelight again. And the fact that the Lakers are interested in him is an important part of this point I'm trying to make. Do you think that the fact that the Suns are even trying to go all in for a coach like Monty Williams is a sign that Robert Sarver is now finally willing to spend for a coach? And because not only is he someone that is desired, he is also now bidding against the team that makes the most money in the NBA for a coach. And I guess we'll find out relatively quickly. But to me, this feels like something that you would not do unless you were willing to spend. Now, famously, the Suns have spent very little on coaches in the past. They've hired coaches at very low amounts and they've continually promoted from within to save some money. They've also never really hired a, a high expensive GM. The majority of the money that Robert Sarver has spent has been on the floor. And even in that case, it has, he hasn't really gone above the cap in a long time since Steve Nash was on the team. Do you think that this is a sign, we'll start with you, Spreaker, do you think that this is a sign that Robert Sarver is potentially willing to spend some money this summer? Uh, no, I don't think it is. <laughs> um, I think, yeah. yeah, I think if, if it does happen to come down to that, all else equal, the salary between the Lakers and the Suns, it, there's no way Sarver is going to outbid the Lakers. Like you said, there's no precedent for it, especially at, at a head coach level. And Sarver's, so I think Sarver has spent in certain years for players, but he's been even more than he's been than on the court. I think off the court is where like he's been notoriously frugal and had coaching being one of them. And I think that's part of the reason for we're here. And I, that's why I don't have any faith for uh, in him spending. It's that I think Sarver knows nothing about basketball. He's a businessman who happened to make a lot of money running a business knowing in the way that he knew how and he's he's taken the same approach to an nba franchise basically treating employees as disposable not needing to you know spend on them uh to sort to 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 acquire great talent because he, he just thinks like the players matter and everything he knows is the only thing that matters i think that's the reason why we're here and i don't think that's changing this guy has said shit that sounded like he's may may have been changing his mindset and time and again, he showed us with his actions that, like, no, nothing changes. And I have no faith in him actually changing his approach 
uh, until until he's not owning the team anymore. It's been 15 years that Robert Sarver has owned this team. I, I think we probably, as Suns fans, should stop hoping for change. Unfortunately, I, I agree with everything <laughs> that Streaker just said. So no, I don't. I don't think this is indication that a big spending spree is coming. If you want to put that twist on it, of course that would be nice. Uh, and, and look, I don't hate Monty Williams as a head coach idea in general. It's just this entire night, it's just been nonsensical. If Monty Williams does end up being hired, if he is lured away from the Lakers and maybe James Jones's connection to LeBron can help out a little here and he can say, hey, you know, Ty Lue is pretty good at coaching you. Maybe you just hang out with Ty Lue for the next few years until you retire and then you can hire, the Lakers can hire a different coach at that point. But if Robert Sarver does end up ponying up, up enough dough to actually get Monty Williams on this team, does that make this firing worthwhile to you, Sam? Here's what I don't understand that we haven't talked about with Monty Williams yet. It's really confusing thinking about the team that the Suns have assembled so far and how that fits into Monty Williams' scheme. Uh, in five seasons as a head coach with New Orleans, the Pelic- uh, sorry, the Hornets slash Pelicans, because they were both, um, but in those five seasons, they never finished higher than 22nd in the NBA in pace. In four out of those five seasons, they're in the bottom three. And you're talking about an off- what is currently an offensive-minded team centered around Devin Booker, who's one of the worst defenders of, of any high-talented offensive caliber guy in the, in the league, DeAndre Ayton, who has a very long way to go on defense, uh, and then who knows who else. I just don't understand where the identity is there. It, it seems like the Suns are trying to take their biggest weakness and, and turn it into a strength if they did go the route of hiring Monty Williams, but I don't know that that's going to work. It seems like you'd need a serious roster overhaul uh, and a serious overhaul to the true identity of this team. When was the last time the Suns had a defensive-minded, grind-it-down style coach? Arguably Terry Porter, you know, over 10 years ago now, and that was a complete and utter catastrophe. Sreaker, would it solve the way that you currently feel about this if Monty Williams is lured away from the Lakers? No, um, I don't think it would because, I, again, it's it's not the results, it's the process. Um, and the process of firing Igor at this point is there's, it's indefensible. And I think even if you happen to look, manage to fire uh, hire a coach, I, I think th- th- that you wanted, um, in my opinion, like Monty Williams, yeah, I'm willing to, he, he's, he, I think it's worth, uh, he, he deserves to be a head coach or at least have another shot at being a head coach. So I don't necessarily mind that. It's just the process that we that the team would take to get to that point. Again, even if they happen to get there, is is I think inherently wrong. So there's a couple things we need to find out. Who mo- who motivated this decision the most? Because there's there's three likely candidates in the front office. Of course, there's Robert Sarver, which is seems likely. Of course, there's James Jones, which is possible. There's Jeff Bauer, which is also possible. But the other possibility is the players. It's possible the players voiced their displeasure in Igor Kokoshkov. And I'm not entirely sure that a front office should be listening to the players at that level anyway. But I do, I do think if that were the case, that would make the story a little bit interesting, more interesting. Uh, Kevin O'Connor did weigh in. I do want to read his tweets, and then we'll talk a little bit about this second one here. He said, The Suns fired their coach and GM in consecutive Octobers. They picked Aiton over Doncic after hiring Doncic's national team coach. They fired him in less than a year and have made countless 
short-sighted decisions that stem from their mad king owner. Nothing bad the Suns do is a shocker. Then he also said, Devin Booker is blossom- Devin Booker blossoming into a star is even more remarkable considering the fact that he's about to have his fifth coach in five seasons and with a bunch of crappy supporting casts. The Suns have to someday create stability for Booker or else he'll go somewhere else to find it. I think that's a really good summation of uh, what's been happening for the past year. And I think it's very, very interesting to point out the fact that this could really affect Devin Booker in the long run. And also to point out how amazing it is that his success has come throughout this awful, awful turmoil that he's had to deal with in more than probably any player in their first five years in the league as far as uh, this upheaval and constant turnover and changes. Um, Do you have any thoughts on that tweet, Sam? Well, we've seen what happens uh, in Phoenix when other prospects who aren't as capable, like Josh Jackson, Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, uh, you know, just to name a few, try to develop in this terrible, terrible situation. So you are correct, and and that's a great tweet by Kevin. Uh, it's a testament to Devin Booker just being able to rise above the layers and layers of crap. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the initial tweets and what Sam just said. I think. I think that's what a lot of Suns fans have been. That's part of the reason uh, why a lot of Suns fans have been so defensive about Devin Booker is that it's obvious to people that continuously watch him that this guy's a star and the the success of the team or lack thereof is primarily due to the entire organization being a goddamn dumpster fire and him thriving at a, at, you know, even at a personal professional level, uh, be, much further beyond it like 95% of the league would any other play in the league. I think that's a really good point. This is obviously a developing story. There's not a lot to talk about. This literally just happened. We're recording this. uh, This is it's 1047 PM right now. Uh, So the news just came out about an hour and a half ago. Um, So obviously we're still trying to cycle through this. We will be back, of course, with more podcasts in the future. We'll talk about exactly what's going on. Hopefully, we get some answers to the questions that we brought up on this podcast. And, of course, once the new coach is hired, we will be back on to talk about that coach and how that affects the future. I hope it's good news. It's really difficult to even picture what good news could be uh, at this point. But we'll be back soon. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we'll release that uh, mailbag episode that we recorded probably by the end of this week. Don't forget to follow Streaker at Streaky Shooter, the best tweeter in Sun's Twitter, in my opinion. Once again, thanks, Streaker, for joining us. Thanks for listening. Hello. Have a seat. This is very difficult to say, but uh, no one here likes you in the office, and we are going to have to let you go. Hank, would you come up here, please? Hank is our security guard. Oh. He will be ushering you out. (laughs) 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 Oh, your face! Oh. Is. No, I'm kidding. No, you're not. You're not fired yet. Oh. Oh. Do they not like me though? I don't know, actually. Okay.
Whatever business you're in, growth isn't just about getting bigger. At ADP, we believe it's about getting stronger by turning data into insights so you can build teams that work as teams. By using our AI technology to help catch payroll errors before their errors. And by keeping ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. ADP helps businesses like yours grow stronger every day. ADP, HR talent, time, and payroll. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.